right, welcome in Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode 203, the Owls Internet Sucks edition. CouchGuysSports.com, of course, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all, all nine yards. You know where to find us by now. Follow the network, Twitch, YouTube, all that good stuff. Uh, again, no quags. We told you last week. He's just going to chill out for a few weeks. Doesn't want to hang out with us anymore. Allie's sick of us. I get it. He did buy a new motorcycle, though. So, hey, good for him. What's up, Allie? It's time to buy a motorcycle. Uh, not much. He has time to buy a motorcycle, but he doesn't have time to spend with us. How selfish. You know Quags. Come on now. Yeah. He, yeah. Quags sucks. Steroids and motorcycles. That's just Quags' life. Um, but this is true. If, you're, if you're watching on YouTube currently, uh, you see a much better looking face than the two of us combined. Uh, Kaylee Allard, our Bruins guru on the network, decided to join us because, hey, something big happened. Finally, the Bruins did something at a trade deadline, which like never, ever, ever happens. Um, what's up, Kaylee? Nothing, just I'm so excited for tonight, and I've been riding this high as much as I can, so I'm in a great mood. We, can, we couldn't tell at all. Could not no. tell. No. Non-stop smiles. Rocks in no. with the Bruins hat. Couldn't I love tell. it. Um, Kaylee's one of those weirdos that, like, is from Connecticut, so she's, like, 50-50 Boston sports fan, New York sports fan. It's weird. We don't want to talk about the fact that she's a Yankees it, fan. Um, don't, don't, even get, don't even give that much credit. It's 33% because the other two teams she likes are from New York, so – there you go. 33%. Yes, but hockey hockey is my favorite, so I would die for the Bruins. So too shy. Don't even. I too shy. Too Fair. shy. But uh, she is a fan of Eli Manning and the Giants, so like Hall of Duh. Famer. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> we won't get into that. We, we won't Thank do that you. on this podcast, but we'll Thank take you. two hours. Uh, but no. No. Mutual mutual fanship. We're all Bruins fans. We can agree on that. And for the first time, and I don't even know how long, Kaylee, they actually did something at the trade deadline. Um, made a couple of big moves. They clearly are invested in this team despite injuries. Tukarask being non-existent, and we'll talk about that with you because we can't avoid that subject when you're on. Um, but overall, were you more shocked than kind of ple- I, I You had to have been shocked that they did this much. Yes, uh, I was one of the ones that was roasting Don Sweeney entirely. I did not call for him to be fired, but if he did not do anything at the deadline, I was 100% on board for him to get the boot because he did not do enough during the offseason last year, and last year's trade deadline was quiet as well. So uh, clearly the Bruins have been struggling offensively, ups and downs, you know, at one point, I was like, this is a first-round exit playoff team. Like, we'll probably make it, but not going to make it very far. So I was very shocked when at midnight or 12.30 or whatever it was, he pulled the trigger and everyone just lost their mind. Yeah, I, I so I woke up to that news because, I again, everyone knows I'm a dad. I get no sleep. So I go to bed pretty much as soon as I possibly can. And I woke up to that. And I'm like, this is a joke. This is like uh, – and for those of you who live in the Boston area listening to this, Al, I don't know if you remember this – when um, the sports hub and Jim Murray, it was one trade deadline and he like freaked out and thought we traded for Johnny Goudreau. Oh um, yeah. I, and, I do remember that. I remember and that. it was a fake Twitter handle and everyone got super excited. I did. I fell for it. And like, that's what I thought this was. I'm like, Oh, we didn't trade for Taylor Hall. We didn't actually do something useful. And then everyone kept relying. I'm like, Oh my God. Like they actually care about not crazy as someone to play with. Like, that's my big thing is like, I think they finally might've found someone that can actually play with David Krejci. Very, very true. So, Kaylee, let me ask you this. So, Taylor Hall, obviously, Hart Trophy winner, Caldwell winner. You know, the, the thing that's interesting to me is he signed with Buffalo on a one-year $8 million deal before this season started. So, this is kind of a two-parter. First off, 
Why didn't Taylor Hall just sign with the Bruins originally in the offseason? And then my second question to you is, now that Taylor Hall's in the fold and he's saying all the right things, he wants to be a Bruin, he wants to be here for a few years, do you see Don Sweeney making the move to actually give Hall an extension that could have him here for the next, say, three to four years? So I know that, I know for a fact he went to Buffalo for the money. Uh, it was definitely a money thing. Uh, he has had no luck besides his uh, heart season. He hasn't had any big years. That was kind of his big year that everyone was like, oh, this guy's good. This guy's going to make a name for himself. I mean, he was on the Oilers, the Devils, the Coyotes, and then the Sabres. So the guy didn't have much luck, but he actually mentioned that he was interested in the Bruins uh, in the offseason, and he said it didn't work out. So we actually don't know the details on that. All he said was it didn't work out. So he actually mentioned uh, he went on Spit and Chicklets a while back and he had said he loves Boston and he hoped that he would be drafted. But as we know, they chose Tyler Sagan instead and that didn't work out either. So it's kind of yeah. just funny how. <laughs> I mean, they, wa they want to stay in the cup. So, like, hey. Yeah. Well, well, but at what part... cost? At what cost? <laughs> it's okay. I would have rather him than Taylor Hall all the time. And realistically, yeah, no, no choice. He, he, so. he was great. I, I wish we still had Sagan, but there's we can dive into that whole story with all the rumors about what Sagan did and the uh, locker room issues uh, yeah. and yep. immaturity, but that's a whole different ball game. But I know for a fact Taylor Hall wants to be here. I mean, he said he wanted to be in Buffalo, but we know that was a lie. He just wanted the money and a change of scenery because it, it wasn't working out uh, for the Coyotes for him either. But uh, I know he said he wants to stay in Bruin. I think 100%, depending on his performance, Sweeney will uh, pull the trigger and re-sign him because, like you said, they've been looking for that winger for Krejci for so long now. They thought it was going to be Andre Kasha, but he's injured, has barely seen any games, any ice time. Who knows when he'll be back? So, yes, I really think Taylor Hall could be on the Bruins for a few years, especially because Krejci is getting older and these are his last kind of glory years and they want to soak – soak as much talent out of him as they can by giving him a good player to play with. Well, they're trying to get as much of this group together as possible, like for the run, right? Like yes. game seven against the St. Louis blues, like should have won that cup. And they, they, yep. they should, they should have more than one cup as a core. That's for sure. Um, but like, they still have some to give now, again, we can get into Chara and all that stuff. Cause like, I think everyone's kind of pissed about that, but like having Taylor Hall in this team helps really a solid top six get even better. And now you can keep Pasternak with Bergeron and Martian and it makes it that much more valuable because you brought in a guy who can play with Krejci, but keeps you from having to drop your, drop your best goal scorer to your second line because no one else can play with him. Absolutely. That's the hundred percent the reason. And I think it's going to work perfectly. Uh, like you said, you can't rely on three guys to score all the goals. And that's kind of how it's been because the offense has been so spotty. Like, you can't win every game by scoring just one or two goals. So mm -hmm. this, and I also think this is Taylor Hall's last chance to prove himself. He's been thrown around and tossed around so much. So I think this is a wake up call for him. And I think he's going to take this very seriously. How concerned are you? And Al, I'm kind of curious what you think too on this. Like he mentioned, he was like, yeah, I don't really want to be the guy. Like he said, yeah, I want to go to Boston because they have a bunch of other guys and I could just go be one. Like, he's like, I signed with Buffalo because I didn't want to be the face and Jack Eichel's there. I'm like, no, you signed for the money. But, like, are you concerned with him saying that out loud? Because uh, I look at that and go, are you going to try hard? Are you not going to try hard? Did you suck in Buffalo just because it was Buffalo and they sucked? Like, No, no. I'm not concerned because, you know what, 
Taylor Hall realizes that this isn't going to be his team. It's David Pasternak's team. It's Patrice Bergeron's team. No, it's, it's Patrice Bergeron's team. Bergeron's team. It's well, Patrice yes, Bergeron's team. Yes, yes. That's yes. C? It, it, Al, it's, that's it's what that means three. in hockey. It's a captain. It's a C. You know, Daniel Chara wore it for a very long time. As you can see on my sweatshirt, I don't, wear, I don't have any C, so I don't know what that letter means. But anyways, yes, it's, it's the three of those guys. You don't either. So don't even try. The three of- <laughs> Full transparency. I thought the shirt said Celtic, so I was going to point to it. And I went, oh, it doesn't. Wah, wah. Uh, wah. But getting back to it, he knows that it is those three guys that are sort of leading the charge for this Bruins team. And he's like, you know what? I can come in. I can play my part. But I'm also aware that this is a team that has a shot to go far in the Eastern Conference playoffs. So I can come in with my skill set and I can help whether – now, Kaylee, real quick, do you think Hall ends up – what line do you think he plays on, second or third line? Probably second line, right? Uh, the practice rushes today, he was on the second line with okay. Craig Smith and Krejci. They definitely don't want to break up the first one yet. I mean, who knows? I'm sure Bruce will experiment around with it, uh, yeah. Bruce Cassidy, depending on what they look like. But as of right now, he's definitely starting on the second line. Okay. So, again, so that just feeds into the point that he just knows he's going to come in, he's going to do his role, and he's going to help the Bruins. Go ahead, Kaylee. I didn't know if you wanted to add on or anything. No, you said exactly what I was going to say. Uh, he's coming into this team that already has the strong core, the strong first line. He's not Marshan. He's not Bergeron. He's not right. Pasta. He's not even on Krejci's level. He knows he's not going to be the face of the team, but he wants to do everything he can to help because he wants to win and he's never been on a great team in his life. So I think this is really a huge shining moment for him. I don't think he's going to slack at all. I mean, the guy has had nothing but bad luck. Everyone's saying he's a bust. People are saying, Oh, why did Boston trade for him? He's not even good. Like they gave up virtually nothing for him. It is so it's so low risk, possible high reward. So what more do you want? And you mentioned that too, like it really was a fleecing of a deal. Like this is something, and again, me and Al are very casual hockey guys. I, I follow the Bruins. I do watch games, but it's like, if you go ask me outside of the Bruins, I'm going to go, who? So like when you tell me that you got Taylor Hall and uh, what was his name? Curtis Lazar for mm-hmm. a second round pick, right? Uh, and Andres Bjork, like that to me just feels like nothing. Like Andres Bjork is whatever. Like, yeah, he's a decent player, but he's not something you don't give up for Taylor Hall. So to me, you look at what Don Sweeney did. It's like, okay, you just took advantage of the fact that Taylor Hall didn't want to be in Buffalo anymore. He basically had, he had no trade. So he basically want, only wanted to go to Boston. And they said, okay, figure it out. I'm only going to accept a trade to Boston and you got to do whatever it takes. And they said, okay, we'll take whatever they give us. And that's what they gave them. Like that's literally what had to what happened. Yeah. I wish I knew what Buffalo was thinking. They even retained 50% of Taylor Hall's salary yeah. on top like, of it. And yeah, and he, uh, Hall waived his no move clause and everything. So, and like you said, Bjork, I love the guy. He's a tough player. Like I wish he could have stayed, but his best season uh, he had 19 points in 58 games played, and that was his best season. And he's been given plenty of chances. Uh, Cassidy has rearranged the lines, trying to see who he fits best with. He's been with the team since 2017 and has just never shown through. So he's going to get a lot of playing time in Buffalo. We all know he probably doesn't want to be there, but he's going to be one of the bigger guys in Buffalo since they're struggling so much. So I think this will be Bjork's time to make a name for himself and show what he can do and hopefully hope hopefully help the team win some games. So, so get off. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. Um, I'm, I'm guy, nice to you sometimes. No, nah, not really. One guy that I want to ask you about, Kaylee, really quick, Mike Riley. So besides the Taylor Hall trade, the Bruins also trade for defenseman Mike Riley from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for a third-round pick. 
Kaylee, I'm just kind of looking at his stats. It seems like he has a career high this year in points, but he doesn't have a goal registered. He has 19 assists, which is the most points he's put up in a season. But a lot of people are saying that this is a good move for Boston because it gives them an offensive-minded defenseman. Do you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, so I agree with that completely. I think it was also a steal for the Bruins. While he may not have a goal, just having any production or any points in general is good because the main thing, again, is the offense. If he can set up a nice play, get an assist, get some points, that's seriously all they need right now. And as we all know, they gave up Tori Krug, which was one of the Bruins' best offensive defensemen in a very long time. So I, I've been calling him like the Walmart version of Tori Krug because he's <laughs> definitely not Krug but he's still going to put up points. He doesn't cost a lot. He's still young. So I think it was a really good, like it was something nobody really expected. And I didn't even know that much about Mike Riley. But when I looked into him, I'm like, wow, I mean, he's, he's 6'1", 200 pounds, only 27 years old. And he puts up points, whether that's goals or assists. So I think this was a really good sneaky move by Don Sweeney, because I don't think anyone had their radar on this guy. And I'm really interested to see how he pairs. Um, give me a little insight on Curtis Lazar, because honestly, I don't know who the heck that is. Um, and he came, and he came into, he came with Taylor Hall, right? Like that's the, obviously it was a throw-in. It made something work, money-wise, like whatever it may be. It sounds like he's gonna get some time. So, like for us uneducated hockey people, um, who is Curtis Lazar, and why did he, why is he happy he's with the Bruins? He's Evan Lazar's brother. Well, duh. Besides that, there you go. Well, he is young. He's only 26. Uh, he's been on the Sabres since uh, 2019. Um, he's not a big points guy, but we're already expecting him to be a fourth liner. So not too concerned about the points. I think it was kind of just like, okay, who else can we get that might contribute? And again, he also hasn't been on any good teams. He was on the Senators, the Flames, and the Sabres so far. Uh, so I feel like he also struggled with putting up points because of the players he was surrounded by. So I think if this young fourth liner, you know, wants to prove himself, I think if he gets put in with the squad, I think that he'll do well. I mean, again, not a big points guy. doesn't seem to get that many goals, but he's a fourth liner anyway. He's probably just going to be slotted in for to see how he works with the other guys. So I guess, plain and simple, Kaylee, how did Don Sweeney do at the deadline? Does he get an A+. plus? Do you think they could have done maybe one more move to sort of bring in, you know, some more depth to make a, a deeper run in the playoffs? Just anything that you want to add? Definitely think it's an A plus. I think he gave up, like I said, pretty much nothing for three players in return. And all of those players are things that the Bruins need. We have Taylor Hall, who could be amazing offensively and play next to Krejci. We have Curtis Lazar, who can be thrown on the fourth line and just get out there and hopefully be gritty and get some goals. And then Mike Riley is just that sneaky defenseman who also has the offensive ability. So I honestly can't think of anything else that they would have needed. Okay, I need to, we need to talk about the goalie just because you're on here um, and your Twitter handle literally involves Tukaras. So um, Tukaras hasn't played in like a very long time. Um, this Swayman dude, first of all, uh, what's his first name, Kaylee? Jeremy. Jeremy. He's been lights out. Like he's some, is, is, and this is again me not knowing the farm system of the Bruins. Is he someone they expected to be this good? I don't think so. I mean, he's he's played good for Providence. They've been alternating between uh, Swayman and Vladar, yep. who has been our duo for quite some time 
now. Uh, but no, I think he surprised a lot of people. Like, yeah, he was decent, but I never heard of him as like, oh, this guy's, you know, he's definitely the next one. But now people are already saying that he's going to be replacing Tuca eventually. But I, I was shocked. I was like, this Swayman guy is a real deal. So it was a really pleasant surprise when I saw him in net. He stopped 71, I have in front of me, 71 of his first 75 shots faced. And the goals that he allowed were like crap. Like for what, like oh, they, yeah. they, were, they were cheapos. Um, yeah, last game was really tough. That eight to one loss, but it wasn't all his fault. Let's be real. True. So well, that eight to one loss didn't happen. It's like watching the Celtic, uh, the Red Sox get swept by the Orioles. Didn't happen. Um, they're, undefeated. they're undefeated. Uh, they're seven to zero. Tuka Rask supposedly coming back Thursday from what everything's been hearing. Um, he skated today, I think, and, and he's supposed to be back Thursday. Um, are you generally concerned about Tuka's health, Tuka's health moving forward? Because I, I don't believe in the guy. I'm, I, I am one of them. But, like, I generally think they don't win a cup without him. So, like, like I don't think Swayman can lead you to a Stanley Cup. Um, but I genuinely think this team has enough talent on it, especially after the moves Sweeney just made, to still make a push despite their lacking. Like, they, they were at the top of the division for a while. And, yeah, this year's weird because they're only playing, like, a few teams. But, like, I still think they're good enough to make a push. I kind of feel like they need Tuca, though. Can we rely on Tuca Ras to be healthy enough to get there? Is he been out so long because they're being careful with them? Like, just I know you're a Tuca honk, but like w- overall, what is your Tuca Rask response to like? Do you think he actually can come back and stay healthy to make a push right now? I think he can stay healthy because he hasn't been very injury prone in the past. I mean, this is the first time he's been out in quite a while, except for when he left the bubble for personal family matters, which was not an injury. Um, But I do agree with you 100%. I'm absolutely terrified for him to either retire or go to another team. Uh, he just turned 34 and work the, the future is kind of uncertain. I, I hear a lot of people think he's going to retire because he said, I only want to play for the Bruins after all the crap he's taken. He's like, I want to be Bruin. I don't want to go anywhere else. Like this Respect is it. for that. Cause this town ha- hated on him when he left the bubble. And I was, one oh, of them. Yeah. like, I was, one I, I, I was like, too. like he left the bubble and I went, I, yeah. Um, excuse me. But before you got there, but before, we, well, this was, this was before, before we knew what happened. Yeah, this was this was before we knew all the facts. After the facts, oh. it, it changed the perspective. A okay, lot. Kayla, you can't tell me with his track record that you didn't, you wouldn't have left. He just left because he was homesick. Like I would have believed that in a heartbeat. If he just said, "Yeah, I don't want to be there," it's like, oh, okay. I mean, Tuka's, and not that I know the guy, but he does seem very stubborn. So, I mean, I would have possibly believed that, but people are still judging him even after finding out it was because of his sick daughter. They're like, yeah, right. We saw him on the golf course, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? Like, it's just, it's so stupid. This team needs Tuka Rask, and it's not because I'm his biggest fan. <laughs> it's because he is a Vezina caliber goalie who has carried this team ever since Tim Thomas left. He is the guy. He True. deserves a Stanley Cup. And, Without and the year Tuka, they lost the Blues. The year they lost the Blues, like he he earned a cup that year. Like he was really good that postseason, uh-huh. and they should have won. They they screwed the pooch on that one. Uh, when you have Game Seven at home, you don't lose that. You shouldn't lose that. Um, when's his contract up? Is it next year? Is it after this? This is year? the last year. That's what I thought. So, what are the chances of him getting pushed into that expansion draft? Note, he'll be protected 100%. Uh, there's like certain untouchables, and it's going to be like Marshan, Pasta, Bergeron, Tuca, Krejci. Like the big names are going nowhere. So he will not be But if he's, but if, he's a free, if he's a free agent, because if this is the last year of his contract, right? Yes. So he could just so, sign with Seattle. 
I mean, if he wanted to, but hit, but the guys that are protect, he's protected. He is considered okay. protected. So they can't be like, yo, Tuco, we're going to sign you. Like it would, it sure. would be his will. Like, gotcha. I hate you guys. I'm going to Seattle. <laughs> so Which I, apparently he doesn't want. So I have one final question for you, Kaylee, before we have to let you go. Cause we know you have things to do uh, with the moves that the, oh, Jesus, I almost said Celtics with the moves that the Bruins have made. Where do you realistically see them going in the playoffs? Do you see them making it to Eastern Conference semis? Do you see them making it Eastern Conference finals, Stanley Cup finals? Where do you realistically think this team could end up where you say, okay, their year was successful? Yeah, I mean, I really thought it was going to be a first-round exit, like I said, but I think they could make the second round. I honestly don't know if they'll make it past, though. I feel like the team still has a lot of kinks to be played out, especially with the new additions. It takes a while to find that chemistry. Like we said, we don't know if Tuca is going to be 100% through the rest of the year, and I think the defense is just way too young. And I won't get into the whole Chara thing, but I think he definitely would have been helpful in another cup run. I do not see them winning the cup this year as much as I want to say it. There's way more talented teams. I mean, I honestly feel like the Leafs could even do it this year because they're so stacked. Unless but they play the Bruins in the second round, which yeah. obviously yes. the, the only way it won't happen. Yeah. Right. right the right. Leafs. Yeah. The Leafs are thriving in the one year they haven't played the Bruins in the regular <laughs> season. Basically. Yep. I love uh, it. It's so awesome. It's great. But yeah, I, I would say maybe a second round exit, maybe third, but I, I'll, We'll yeah. see. No. I have hope. Kaylee, um, is the window closed for this group? Is the window closed? For, do they can they can they win a if, cup? If they don't win this year, I say yes. Okay. So Kaylee said you heard it. Do or die. Patrice Bergeron, lead the squad. That's Kaylee, my hot take. Hot take. It's over. It's done. Close the window. Shut it down. We traded Tory Krug. It's over. Yeah. Tory Krug is no longer here. It's over. Oh man, Kaylee, we appreciate you hopping on. Um, we won't make you sit through Julian Edelman and Boston Red Sox talk. I will um, say congrats to Edelman, absolute legend. Mm-hmm. He's very handsome. I Paul wish Famer? him all the best <laughs> in the future. Hey, from the outside perspective, <laughs> outside of wanting to potentially hang out with him personally, um, for Hall of Famer, Julian Edelman, from the outside looking in, non-Patriot fan? I yes. would say no. That that, no. no. Would, you, would you say Gronk is a Hall of Famer? Yes. Yeah, he best tight end okay. to play the game. I, I think I, w- so. I was gonna say I would say Gronk is a Hall of Fame over Edelman. So it's a different position. I, That's the problem. I, like you're if you're a tight no, end. I know. I yeah. know. Well, I know, but like tight ends have a higher standard. Like there's not as many that of that good tight ends in the past. Like Tony Gonzalez is the only other one. True. Now, of course, yeah. like Kelsey and Kittle. But like if if you're thinking about ever putting Kittle or Kelsey and those guys in the Hall of Fame down the road, Gronk gets in. Like, yeah. and Kaylee, before you go, uh, throw out your social and where people can find yeah. your writings. Yes, uh, couchguysports.com. You can find my writing, of course. And then my handle, my Twitter handle, if you want to follow the obnoxious Bruins tweets and live tweeting the games and everything, it is Tukarask, the number two, K-A-R-A-S-K. And thank you guys for having me. This is really fun. Of course. Thank you for yeah. joining us. We appreciate the Bruins education. Yeah. Of course. And, <laughs> and again, like I said, respect to Edelman. There's no hate. All love for him. Number that, 11. That's, that, Fox that's a lot. Foxborough forever. Foxborough forever. That's She's going to buy a t-shirt. I can't believe I just said that. I have <laughs> <to know. laughs> and it's on recording. All right. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs>
Thanks, Kaylee. <laughs> Thanks, Bye. Kaylee. See you again. Oh, man. Foxborough forever. Right. Love All that. Right. Shout out to uh, Kaylee Allen for joining the program today. Yeah, Kaylee. Uh, that was good stuff. We appreciate it. Kaylee, and of course, the whole show and our network and everybody else. Um, Al, you know who it's brought by. Al. Uh, would it be these guys? It's Manscaped. Manscaped? I know. Bad yeah. left. Manscaped? I have. It's, uh, if, you know, Al, the flowers are blooming. The grass All is right. growing. It's, it's time to chop the weeds. Got to go weeding, Al. Trust me, I own a yard. You got to do it. Thanks I'll to our sponsor. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped. You got to trim your hole safely and efficiently. And I'm talking about ball trimmers, people. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for our audience. Our, use our code COUCHGUY20 for 20% off free shipping. Manscaped.com. You know that by now. Join the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. They are here to make sure you are trimmed and smelling nice after all. Guys, it's time for some spring cleaning. Spring has sprung, and Manscaped has the best tools to get you ready. Um, believe me, the winter, guys, it's time to shed. It's time, it's time to release, release the uh, endorphins. Um, I, I did some spring cleaning myself very recently, and it was nice. You know, it's, it, the weather's getting warmer. You want to make sure the air is nice and flowing. I'm getting golfing soon. So, like, you got to just it, – it makes it so much easier when you can just grab Manscaped, the, the, the trimmer, and just go to town. Um, they're the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing products. They're here to help with your above the waist holes too. Have you heard of their weed whacker guys? It's the nose and ear trimmer provides propriety skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, stags and tugs and those delicate holes. No more gross hairs flying in the wind. The premium manscaped weed whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered by 360 rotary dual blade system. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Speaking of incredible hygiene, Manscaped has formulations to keep you fresh and ready for everything that comes your way all day long. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, one of my favorite things they have. It's starting to get hot outside, guys, and this is crucial so your balls stop sticking to your leg. That is the legit worst. You all know what I'm talking about. You'll find the Crop Preserver spray on toner for your balls, which will keep you smelling fresh down there, just like those spring flowers. Speaking of smelling fresh, complete your grooming game this spring with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. This stuff is legit, and I will have you smelling like royalty. The cologne is light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. You won't smell awful. You'll, you'll be the talk of the next guaranteed, next quarantine hang. Huh. I'm done with quarantine hangs. Well, I need to see people. I need to socialize, and you'll be Manscaped ready to go. Smell good. Feel good this spring. Get 20% off free shipping with the code COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. 20% off free shipping. Coach Guy 20, Couch Guy 20, manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping. It's spring, guys. Just do it. Spring cleaning, weed whacker, all the stuff, guys. Manscaped. I was going to say, once you uh, get that second dosage there, pal, I'm going to come up and uh, we're going to watch some Red Sox games together. I thought you were about to say we're going to Manscaped together. I was like, whoa. Nah, uh, Manscaped, great products. I'll throw some Manscaped cologne on for you. So there you go. I appreciate good. that. I'll smell, you'll smell I, good. Yeah. I, I, no. I got you. And then we'll, uh, we'll hang out and we'll, uh, we'll enjoy the Red Sox. We'll get, we'll get in the uh, second dose in less than two weeks now. So there you go. A little under a month from being fully uh, vaccinated. Uh, got Pfizer myself. I'm a Pfizer boy. So uh, you got to join the Moderna game, dude. Yeah. Nah, I got Pfizer. I would have loved J&J, one and done, but didn't happen. Yeah, so. that, yeah that's true. Would have been nice, but I got my shot. We're, we're getting there up in New Hampshire. Uh, shout again to Kaylee, our freaking jumping on, talking Bruins, because me and Al just suck at it on our own. Um, Very true. 
and we are not Bruins honks and Bruins, we're Bruins fans, if that counts for anything. Um, but we got to spread the wealth of the Bruins. They made some moves. Taylor Hall, of all people, is a freaking Bruin and actually wants wait. to be here. So, and he's playing with the Bruins tonight, so we can have a chance to watch him. But um, other things to talk about, Alan, um, let's talk about Sir Julian Edelman, who apparently Kaylee, a Giants fan, for those of you who didn't know, has respect for. Um, he announced his retirement on Twitter via video. The only way he should have done it. Like, this is very, and he got beamed up at the end. It was great. Um, the video got me. I saw him post it. I kind of was on Twitter, like, really when it was posted. It was really good timing on my part. And I saw it, and I'm like, uh-oh. Uh, it was like it was like probably yeah. what, a couple hours after you got released. So it was, was like, it, it was literally an hour. It was yeah, literally like an hour. Uh, clearly it was planned. The video was made ahead of time. So like it was at night at five in Gillette. So like clearly they knew this was all coming. Um, it's unfortunate he had to go out this way. Like of all things, to, he said he'd play till the wheels fell off, right? And he did. Um, the video though, Al. Oh my god! Like was, running through a wall for that. It was for great. Him just like staring, facing the banners. Um, all the highlights playing behind him comes out and says, you know, this is the hardest thing I'm going to have to do is make announce my retirement from the game. I loved it. And, and you knew, and you knew, you knew as soon as he said this tough decision, you knew it's like, okay, it's a good thing because he's not going anywhere else, but he's announcing his retirement. Quick question for you. The very end when he gets like beamed up, what was the point of that? I, I must have. It's very Julian Edelman. I don't know. It's just very Julian. Okay. Edelman. Okay. So you didn't know either. Okay. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't like missing something blatantly obvious, but. Maybe it's you... Tom Brady beaming him up to Tampa Bay and he's going to come out of retirement. Like, oh, no. don't, don't you say that. Don't you dare say that. No, I genuinely think that Edelman's the type of guy. And I saw that, right? Like that's like Twitter. Oh, he's going to go play in Tampa. Like, and Brady posted this heartfelt message. Like guys, he's retired. He's not playing. He's not, his knee is not in good shape. Um, he missed only play. He missed like 10 games last year. Yeah. Um, if he really could have played, he had one year left on his deal. The Patriots would have had to trade him anyway. Like if he, if he retires, like he retired, if he comes back, he can't just go play with Tampa. But same situation with Gronk, right? Like he still has a year left on his contract. So like if he happened to come out of retirement in a year and want to play again, if he could, he still has to get traded. Like he can't just right. go sign with Brady. So look, he's retired. He's no longer playing football. It was a heck of a career. He gave us a great transition from Wes Welker. Um, I'm not really shocked by this. It really seemed like it was where it was trending. Um, yeah. there was really, they, they were giving him as much time as possible. When you, when you go and sign Al Galore, you go and sign Kendrick Bourne, you're replacing Julian Edelman at that point because you still have Jacoby Myers. You clearly still have to kill Harry on this team. So Edelman was clearly not going to be in the picture, and they were planning for life without him. But I think they, obviously they would have let him play if he could. But they were, already planning, they were already planning on this happening, so it seemed like. Right, and this retire Julian Edelman retiring, and this is a hot take. I was more sad about Julian Edelman retiring than Tom Brady leaving, and I think it's just because with the way that you you knew with the way Brady was being treated the last couple of years, he was out. England, yeah, you knew he was going to be out. But Julian Edelman, you knew you kind of knew as a Patriots fan he was going to be there till the end. But I think we wanted him to give it just one more shot, one more year, two more years. Maybe you could potentially, you know, if, if you got lucky enough, give it one more Super Bowl run. But you know mm -hmm. what? Shout out to Jules. Three Super Bowl rings, you know, from seventh round pick to a Super Bowl champion three times and a Super Bowl MVP. You know, he had a heck of a career. And I think, honestly, Jared, it makes it better that Edelman's whole career was a Patriot as opposed mm -hmm. to some of these guys that, you know, at the end try to go to, you know, other teams for a couple of years. I think that adds to the legacy. So shout out to Julian Edelman, man, forever. Yeah. When he says Foxborough forever, he means it. Oh, like, I, I had to hold back the tears. Yeah. 
he genuinely is upset he's not playing. Like I love, I genuinely think if he could have played, he would he would have stayed with the Patriots. He would have played with Cam again, taught these young guys how to play in the system. Team's gonna be pretty good this year, right? So like he would he would have been happy to play New England one more year if he could have. Um, that video though, just reliving some of the highlights, even watch him watching the banners, and then right before he starts talking, you get Josie playing in the background, like the comment of like you hear the call of like the dynasty continues, like Julian Edelman is a Patriot through and through. He's a New Englander through. I know he's a Cali boy. I know. I know. No. Like, and, he's a New Englander. And, and that's the other thing. That's the other reason why. He lives in Boston. Like, right. He lives in Boston, and I think he truly emba- embodied what it meant to be a Bostonian. Brady, I don't think, really did that. I think he no, was he lives here. in Brookline in a mansion. Like, Edelman lived downtown. Right. Like, right. Exactly. Like, Brady was here, but I think it was always – he wants to go back to the sunshine. He wants to go back to the warm weather, which is fine. You know, nothing wrong with that. But again, Julian Edelman said it best. Like LA is Hollywood. Boston's a sports town. He yep. enjoys being part of that sports culture. And it's not going to surprise me if we start seeing him at Red Sox games and Bruins games and Celtics games oh, again. He's around. He's around. I could see him coaching someday. Um, Cause he's that gritty of a guy and loves to be around the game, but I could also see him just doing what Gronk did and like be on TV all the time. Cause he's just such an entertaining dude. He's going to make so much money after football. Oh, yeah. um, because he's such an entertaining guy. One thing I didn't know, and I don't know how I didn't know this, but like Tom Curran tweeted it out. The fact that he, his longtime high school girlfriend was Jerry Rice's daughter. Did you know that? Oh, no. Actually, I think I heard something like that, but I didn't know that. Like there's a prom pic. They went to prom together. Like he dated Jerry Rice's girl for a very long time. I, I remember that. Okay, I remember the photo now like, that you're talking about. Yeah, I, I think I might have seen the picture in Glare, but like I didn't know that. Like I was like, oh, crap. He was really – you're one of those, so I can't say this. In, I can say it anyway. The people who are actually idiotic to think he's not a Hall of Famer, oh my God. Like, and this is not a conversation I want to have today because we got till 2026 to debate this because uh, yes. that's when he's first eligible and he'll be in, probably won't be a first ballot guy, but like Julie Edelman's a Hall of Famer. I, if you're going to put Eli Manning in the goddamn Hall of Fame, you're putting Eli and you're putting Julie Edelman in. That, that's just the way it has to be. And I think a lot of people are putting Eli Manning in. And but then the same people aren't putting Julian Edelman in. It's like, what are we doing? Listen, Edelman had a better career than Eli Manning did. Listen, I'm not putting Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame. And okay, I at least you're consistent. At least yes. you're consistent. Yes, I yes, that's one thing. I will be consistent. Eli Manning, I will not put in the Hall of Fame. Julian Edelman for me, because not having the Pro Bowl selection, not having the first team all pro. If he had one or two of those, I'd be like, okay, solidified case. Patriots Hall of Fame is like a slam dunk. That's not even a question. He's gonna be a, Patriots like, Hall of Fame's a joke. It is. It, it, it's a joke, but even if it was like you had to be legitimate and everything, he'd have the playoff stats to do it. Like, that's the thing. For New England, yes, he's in. Pro Football Hall of Fame, I think it's going to be very tough for him. Oh, my goodness. You have the catches. You have three rings. You have all this stuff, and it's like, I don't get how you can't put him in at some point. Now, but like, what do you mean? Now, what do you mean by catches exactly? Do you mean catches in the clutch? Do you mean total season catches? What are we talking here? He has career catches. He has playoff performances. He has Super Bowl MVP. He has three rings. It's not like he was riding the coattails of Brady this entire time. Um, he he earned everything he got in the postseason. He was a big reason why they won. And let's be real, he played in an era where it was very hard to make a Pro Bowl because of the amount the amount of passing stats that passing guys that are out there. Like if he played when Wes Welker did. Didn't Wes Welker make a Pro Bowl? He did. A couple Pro Bowls, didn't he? I think he made, like, one or two. So, like, Julian Edelman's basically the same exact player, but he didn't make a Pro Bowl. It's because of the era they're in. And, like, I get Welker played with Randy Moss, but, like, Edelman played with Gronk, who took a lot of the attention away yeah. from Edelman. 
Like they're the exact. So if you put Wes Welker in the Hall of Fame, which a lot of people are, you're putting Julian Elman in. This is a conversation I think that you and I should prepare for, and this should be like oh yeah, an episode in itself. With, I'm gonna come at you with these. He's a Hall of Famer. I'll come at you with it. I'll prep for it. Um, I'll, and I'll go to I'll, I'll, I'll go to bat it. with I'll go to bat with Julian Edelman till the day I die because he makes me want to run through a freaking brick. That video made me want to get oh, up yes. and run through a brick wall. And listen, and he, he's I, retiring. He's retiring, listen, and he made me want to run through a brick wall. I know. Listen, I'm a huge Julian Edelman guy too. I would take Julian Edelman over Wes Welker. I would personally. Percent. Well, I was a bitch. Especially, especially because of the postseason performances too. But one of these days, and like you said, we got five years to do it. You know, yeah. one of these shows, we'll come to the show with notes and we'll just debate back and forth. Should, should Julian Edelman be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? All right, last topic, and then we'll go. Our Boston Red Sox, Al. This is great. And for those who listen to us and in the triangle, I know I wasn't on last week, but we, you and I talk Red Sox a lot between the both of them. But we have to talk about the Red Sox on this show. Of course. We won't get in the, we won't get in the nitty gritty because like that's what into the triangle is for. Um, shout out, go listen to the last episode. We had Sam on from our on the diamond podcast, took my spot for the week. Great episode, by the way. Did listen. Uh, nice, it was a great show. The Red Sox are now they're seven and three. They won today, right? They won right before we hopped on. So now the Red Sox are seven and three, two games up at in first place in the ALEs. Guys, I know it's early, but who in their right mind thought the the Red Sox were gonna start seven and three? Nobody. They, I know they got swept by the Orioles. They've won seven games since. They swept the Rays. Then they went on and said, screw you, Baltimore. We figured it out. We're going to sweep you. They got postponed a game because of the riots going on in Minnesota. And they still took the first game in the goddamn snow today. And they're playing a doubleheader tomorrow. And Al, just going to say this out loud. I might, I, might, I might come back to bite me next week. Nathan Evaldi and Eduardo Rodriguez are your two starters for the doubleheader. Could win both those games. I'll – so I said this to our other Into the Triangle co-host, Zach Josiero, before we jumped on. By the way, and we forgot to also, say Also, resident, resident Sabres fan. I was literally just about to say, <laughs> shout out to Zach Josiero. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, thanks for Taylor for, Hall. Yeah, thanks for Taylor Hall, pal. I was going to say, we should have said that when Kaylee was on, but that's okay. Um, but with the Red Sox, right? Yes, they beat the Twins today. Great win. You know, down to nothing early. Martin Perez didn't have it in the first inning. Came back, won that game. Shout out to Christian. Solid star for Martin Perez. Solid star for Martin Perez after that first inning. Five innings, two runs. You take it every time. Shout out to Christian Arroyo. Shout out to Bobby Dahlbeck, who had a big day. Bobby's back. Rafi Devers with a home run that, like, I think still hasn't landed in Minnesota yet. But Mm -hmm. my whole thing is this, and I said this to Zach. If you win three out of four against the Twins, let's even just say you split tomorrow. If you split and then you win that game on Thursday, you win three out of four against the Twins, then you have – then, then you're, you're home you for have, 10 games. Well, not only that, your first four home games in that homestand are against the AL Central potential favorite and up and coming Chicago White Sox. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take three or four in that series as well, even if you, even if you split in that series, like right, that's a good, right. like take 11 and six or 12 and five after 17 games, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Like, I think a lot of people need to be paying attention to this Red Sox team in town. Um, I think for the last couple of years, Obviously, 2019 was weird, uh, and people kind of gave up on them early. Last year, no one cared because Cora got fired, and it was a short, crappy season, and they sucked. Baseball is back in this town. And I get, like, the Bruins and Celtics are still playing. I get it's that time of year. The Red Sox don't become relevant until all the other teams are done. But the Red Sox had a chance here to, like, grab this town by the balls because the Celtics and Bruins weren't playing well. And they did, I think. Like, they got some attention. They've now won seven games in a row. Um, The town of Boston's blooming. The Celtics and Bruins are both winning games, too. Like, 
Boston's back. I love it. Warm weather's coming. We're all getting vaccinated. And the Red Sox are winning baseball games. Um, one thing that's really nice to me is J.D. Martinez has not stopped. Like, this is a guy that everyone's like, oh, he sucked. He's done. He needs video. Well, yeah, he kind of did need video, but he got it back in some capacity. And you know, what's, you know what also came back? Alex Cora. Yeah. And I've said this over and over again. You both, I think we both have, between this and into the triangle. J.D. Martinez gets Cora back. Look what happens. Rafi Devers gets Cora back. Look what happens. Like, Alex Cora is good for a good amount of wins to make up the difference. And he's showing his impact very early with this team making the right decisions. He's, he's gelling with Martin Perez. You can see it. And you saw it. Al, did you watch today's game? I, I watched the last, like last half of it. So like from the fourth so, inning on. So when Mark, so you probably saw this when Martin Perez came out and his game was over, there was a shot of the bullpen and yeah. Alex Cora and Martin Perez, Perez, however you want to say, we're talking back and forth and like in a good, it was a meaningful conversation. You could see it. Like they are both clearly not speaking English and they were just going back and forth, going crazy, talking about their start. And like, I think that's what Martin Perez missed last year. And he was good last year. It wasn't bad last year. But, like, that's what Ron Radicke doesn't give you is those heart, like those just straight up other language, literally, conversations with these guys to really gel with them. Um, Alex Gore is a big reason why this team is 7-3. and three, And not much has changed, Al, from last year. Like, you didn't have – like, this team's offense is what we thought it could be last year. And now you're just playing some young kids in place. Like, this team is gelling. It's figuring it out. Pitching's been pretty good, right? Um, there hasn't been really many complaints yet. Now, again, I know there's a losing streak coming with this. I get it. But, like, there's been nothing to really complain about so far with the Red Sox, which is kind of scary. But, like, also, it's just been fun to watch. It's been great. And it hasn't been like 2020 where every game was, like, doom and gloom. You know, you look forward to it. And not only that, the bullpen, and I know you just said it, that the pitching has been better. But the bullpen, they don't make me want to puke every time they come out now. You have I guys trust Matt like, Barnes to take the ball. Like, it's yep. great. Adam Ottavino, another guy that I trust. Pretty solid. Um. Sawamara. Uh, yes, thank you. Sawamara, another guy that's looked really good. Darwinson Hernandez good looked really good. You know, that's Phil a Sal- okay. Darwinson Hernandez is a name that no one talked about coming into the year. I think people just forgot about him. I think you and I have talked about him a little bit under the triangle, like in passing, but like that's a guy that really could be meaningful. You have four with him in the mixture, you have four legitimate six through nine guys. Mix them however you want in those innings. Like you have four guys that you trust out there, six through nine, if your starters can't get out of the fifth inning. Right. Um, and and if your starters give you five, then it's like, okay, you don't have to think, oh, no, how are we going to get to the bridge guy and then ultimately the closer? You don't have to worry about that anymore because you have yeah. guys. And, and another guy that besides, like, his first appearances look pretty good has been Matt Andres. Like, he's actually looked pretty good keeping mm-hmm. the ball down, you know, keeping runners off base. Like, he's been doing his job. Yep. Plain simple. Yeah, th- this team, the, the biggest thing to me that, that makes me hopeful for the rest of this year is the fact that your your studs are doing well. Like Xander Bogarts having a solid year. Not not kind of under the radar just because like JD Endeavors have been so good because they were so bad last year uh, that I think that's overshining them. But like you get you're getting your cut key players to produce. Vasquez is still having a good season behind the plate and he's having a good season at the plate. Um, you have your core guys coming in and this is like best case scenario because if you can keep this up, obviously at this pace is kind of crazy. They're not going to keep winning games. They'll lose some games here and there. But like get me to Chris Sale. Get me to the Chris Sale comeback. Because if you're in a decent spot, you don't have to be in first place. If you fall to second, even third in the AL East by the time Chris Sale comes back, but you know this team is this good, this team's a playoff team now. Like, this team is hands down a playoff team without Chris Sale. And you throw Chris Sale in the mix. Now, Martin Perez comes your f- fifth starter, and you're good. Like, I'm not saying the team's a World Series team because I don't, I, don't, I don't think they are. 
Like, I don't genuinely think that they can stand up with the big boys yet. Um, when it comes to like the Dodgers and the, even the Yankees and the, if, if the Yankees stay healthy, which is a big if, um, Astros are playing well. Like there's names out there that I don't think they can hang up with, but like they're going to be fun to watch all year. They're going to win games and they're going to be in the postseason picture, um, which I think for Red Sox fans should be good enough this year. I, I understand that we're a title town and we want to win. You're going to win games. You need to have something better than last year. It's better than last year. We we're so bad last year that anything in this direction, I don't care if you make the playoffs. I mean, I do, and I think they will, but like if you're good all year and compete and you miss the playoffs by game, like, that's in the right direction. And you go and spend some money and get some guys in here for next year. Maybe Duran's up here by then. And he's just, you know what I mean? Like there's options now to next year, the year after your contenders, they're going in the right direction. I think people need to one, get off high and bloom. I think he's did everything possible to make this team relevant this year. Um, and watching this Red Sox, I'm, I'm glued to the set. And, the, and like last year I watched it. I don't know. You and I watched it, but like I look at my phone and go, Oh yeah, the Red Sox are on. I'm going to turn them on. But this year I'm like, Oh, the Red Sox are on. I got to turn them on. So I got to right. see if Bobby Dahlbeck's going to hit again, or I got to see if J.D. Martinez wants to hit four home runs this game. Cause you said three, like, you know, like it's a little different vibe this year. I might have a little different opinion after the Chicago series, but I want to see the, I want to see the Red Sox play against good legitimate competition. The Rays early in the season. Yeah. I know the Rays won the American league last year. I get all that, but these are two teams that the you might good. see. The, tw- the twins are good. That's what I'm saying. The twins are good and the white Sox are good. So I want to see them complete two series against two very good teams and see what the outcome is. Now, if we're and back, do, and you do have the Blue Jays in there too, and the Blue Jays are going to be a good team this year. So that's another good they test are. for a couple of games. They are. I'm just talking in terms of for next week. Like I know down the line, obviously the Blue Jays are going to be there and everything else. But for this week coming up, if you can get by the Twins and get by the White Sox with a split or a winning record, then I'm be like, okay, there's something here. I, I think like I'm starting to get there, but I'm not fully there yet. Um, isn't it, it goes after the twin series, white Sox for four blue Jays for two. And then who's the other team that's coming here for four. So if you give me two seconds, I can pull up the Red Sox schedule and I can tell you who they're playing. So like you said, it's twins for four white Sox for four blue Jays for two Mariners for four Mariners for four. Okay. Mariners aren't great. So that should be a series that you come at. And so if you're riding high and you do well against the White Sox and the Blue Jays, then you go to the Mariners for four games at home. And those are all home games too, by the way. After the Twins, you're playing 10 games at home. So it's a good chance to, to really bring some attention to you in the city. Um, other teams are playing well. Southwick's are playing much better. and They're starting to figure it out. And uh, the Bruins are obviously doing their thing, and we'll see how much better they look after these trades. But Red Sox have a chance here to catch some attention early in the season if they can keep winning at a decent clip. Um, Agreed. Seven, but but 7 three is not a bad start, Al. It's it's a great start. 70%, 700 winning percentage. 70, seven and three, first place, AL East. I think we all take it. If you told me that was going to happen before the season, I might've laughed at you, but Hey, seven and three, first place on pace for at least 81 wins, which is all Alan. I need to have some winnings, um, but they're a 90 win team. So we're going there. We're going to the moon with the Red Sox. All right, we'll leave it there. Episode two Oh three couch guy sports podcast. Of course, brought to you by our good friends at Manscaped, Couch Guy 20. Thanks again for Kaylee jumping on, talking some Bruins. Um, her Twitter handle literally has two grass in it, so you know she's a supporter. Yep. Um, shout to the, all the other podcasts, the written content, couchguysports.com. Uh, rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all that good stuff um, because you can't follow us on Twitter still because we're still suspended. So just follow that Couch Guy Sports. We'll tweet all of our updates there and uh, Twitch, YouTube, all that good stuff. So until next week, Al, I'm assu- I think it's just going to be you and me next week. No, 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 it's not. I'm going to miss you next week, pal. 
Oh no! Oh, it's right. No, Al, I gotta figure this out. We gotta. We'll get Quags back. There you go. We'll get Quags back. I'll be. I'll Unless be back I, the following week. I'll be back. Okay. Tomorrow. Well, next week I'll be back. Uh, we'll figure out who my co-host is gonna be, or maybe multiple co-hosts. We, we, we can just bring a plethora of people in to co-host. Maybe we'll bring Aliana in here and just have her co-host with me. There you uh, go. That's the ultimate co-host. That's what. The, that's what the people want. Is my eight-month-old daughter co-hosting, talking about the Celtics. Um, well, th- there goes my co-hosting role. Thanks, Eliana. Bye, everybody. <laughs> All right, I will talk to you in a couple weeks. That sounds good. Talk to you.